you're listening to the Dyslexia Mom Podcast. We're excited that you're here today. We are here to provide you with inspiration, education, and lots and lots of support while raising your children with dyslexia. I'm your host, Nicole Holcomb, a mom just like you raising a daughter with dyslexia. And by the way, I also have 20 years of experience as an educator, school counselor, school district administrator, and an attorney. I can't wait to share conversations with you about parenting children with dyslexia. If you want to raise happy, healthy, and successful children while keeping your sanity and enjoying your best life along the way, then you're in the right place. This is the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. Have you ever gone to a Facebook group to ask a question about dyslexia, or maybe just to hang out with some other moms and see what they're talking about, about local schools and programs, maybe local tutors. Well, when my daughter was evaluated in first grade for dyslexia, I read a lot online and spent a lot of time um, on Google and Pinterest and Facebook groups and, you know, Instagram groups. My background is that of a school teacher, school counselor, a district district administrator, and an attorney. So I'm pretty good at research, and it is something I enjoy to do. Um, And to be honest, it gave me something to do with my time as I was trying to make sense out of all of this. But part of that is also I am pretty good and spot on at people not being authentic. And so after weeks of research, I had a few sites that I trusted that I would go to for information when I was looking for specific things that I was struggling with or that we needed answers to. But what I did quickly find was that no one was offering a perspective that I could identify with. So I decided to offer what was missing and a way to serve moms. In this episode, we're going to talk about the five myths I see most often associated with dyslexia. And you've probably run across many of these. So let's get started. Myth number one, if your child doesn't reverse her letters and numbers, then she isn't dyslexic. Whew, I've heard this myth a lot. And to be honest, at the beginning, before I read anything about dyslexia, that's what I thought it was, backwards numbers and letters. But it's so much more, as you already know, probably. I remember even even our family optometrist told me that she may not be dyslexic. This was after a 30-minute exam, and she was able to identify just a limited amount of letters that he had on the, on the chart. And he said, well, I don't see any signs of her reversing her letters. So that was eye-opening for me. Even in, in my own medical community, they didn't understand. Myth number two. Your child is too smart and too creative to be dyslexic. So although dyslexics are slow readers, their writing may not even be legible, and most are poor poor spellers. They may always struggle with that. That's just part of who they are, being dyslexic. But they are also some of the most intelligent people you will ever meet. A dyslexic mind can literally see things that we cannot even imagine. It is actually amazing to sit back and watch a dyslexic child work through a problem or a project and what they see and what they describe to you. And some of the most successful people were dyslexic. 
I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but Walt Disney, Albert Einstein, George Washington, and probably one that most of us can relate to, even Steve Jobs. Today, there are so many people using dyslexia strengths to build notable careers. Uh, Think Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg, Cher, Jay Leno, Richard Branson, Ted Turner, Aaron Brockovich. So really, being dyslexic is not a disability. It really is a, a different way of thinking, quite literally, and it really can be remediated, although it's never cured, and students can be and children can be quite successful. So, myth number three, if your child would just try harder, she would be a better student. So it's all about the effort, is what many people think. But if a student is not remediated, if she doesn't learn how to break that code, which we'll talk about in another episode, then she will continue to struggle to learn to read and possibly with math as well while in school. And as our children get older, the focus, as you probably realize, learning to read changes to reading to learn. This may be where you see your child to start to struggle the most. Your child may have been a whiz at math, but now is struggling. Is your child just now being introduced to word problems? Are the word problems being read verbally? It does not matter how much they study. It's not going to click at some point. Students who struggle to learn those sounds to read are not going to learn without being remediated. It is not a matter of how much they work. They will continue to struggle if we don't provide them with the skills they need. You may see, though, because dyslexic students are so very smart that they compensate by showing strengths in other ways. And many times we may not even identify a student as being dyslexic until late elementary. And sometimes you may even see that in middle and high school. This usually is attributed to standardized tests where they learn that your child is not learning. Is not, I'm sorry, your child is not reading on grade level. That's what I meant to say. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here and tell you about a free resource that we are providing. We have created a resource for you called Summer Activities, bringing the learning and the fun home to you. And if you're like us, we've been home since March. And so it's a long five months from when we left school to when we go back to school. And so we are looking at our house to have other activities to do at the same time, continue to remediate our dyslexic learner and provide her with reading and math opportunities. And so I have compiled some activities and some resources. Some are paid, some are for free. Some of them are virtual summer camps, but I think that you'll find something in there for you and your family, and I think you'll really enjoy it. So if you will just, after listening to the podcast, you know, look in the podcast information for this episode, and I will have a link there for you where you can jump over and subscribe and get this summer 2020 uh, activities and I know you're going to love it and I know you're going to enjoy it and P.S. you'll get some other freebies along the way too that I plan on sending out so enjoy your summer and now back to the episode. Myth number four dyslexics will never learn to read so that really is a closed chapter you're dyslexic sorry you're never reading ever that's just not true well it could be true If a student is not identified with dyslexia 
and they're not taught how to break the code to read, then, yeah, they might not ever read. But you're here for a reason. You're here because you want your child to be successful. You want your child to have more. So we have to teach our students and our children, how do I pull apart those sounds? How do I determine what those meanings are? She may always struggle to write, to spell, and hey, to be honest, she may always struggle some degree to read. It may take longer, but she still can be very successful in her career and life because of the way her brain actually works. Once we're able to expose our children to the reading strategies they need, they can use those strategies to become a better reader. Now, I think, though, also another piece of that is that many dyslexic learners could also benefit from hearing those things. They might be more of an auditory learner, as we call them. So they could benefit from audiobooks, more time to complete their assignments, and speech-to-text technology to help them learn. And we'll get into that more as in coming episodes. Myth number five. A student can't be tested for dyslexia until she is in the third grade or older. We just have to wait to see if the reading problems are developmental or not. Okay, this is a myth that makes me so mad because it's just not true. A student, a child can be tested for dyslexia as young as kindergarten You know, if you have dyslexia in your family, if you have a family history, then you know what you're looking at. You can go ahead and get an assessment completed early and get that remediation early when they still can learn those pieces so much easier. We know that the earlier we get to them and teach them those reading strategies, the more successful they're going to be. We also know as students begin to struggle and don't get the help they need, their self-esteem, it's going to take a huge hit. You may be here because your child's experiencing bullying. You may find that your child's not wanting to go to school. I mean it all. I mean, this even happened to us as early as first grade. Our daughter would tell us daily, my tummy hurts. Sometimes even during the day, I would get a message from her teacher saying she just doesn't feel well. So watch for signs. Watch for those signs of social and emotional struggles. That's when your mom intuition is going to kick in and you're going to know, are we at the point to do more? Are we at the point to to, to have an evaluation? Are we at the point to ask some different questions? Are we at the point to seek private reading and math tutoring? Do we need to make a plan for next school year? Listen to what your child is saying. Listen to your gut And listen to what you think is best. You know your child better than anyone. You can decide to ignore all the wrong information that's out there in the world. And we can all try to educate others about dyslexia. I want you to know that you have my support. Our our kids are caring. They're bright. They're smart. And with you as a mom, your child will know you are in his or her corner no matter what they struggle with. And it's never too late to start remediating your dyslexic learner. Many, many people have found success even in high school and college. So stay strong. We're going to make it through this. Okay, you know it's coming. Have you subscribed yet? Have you subscribed to the podcast? If not, I would love for you to do that today. I don't want you to miss out on an episode. I'm going to be publishing episodes every Monday. I'm going to be adding some bonus episodes that may drop on different days. There's a good chance you might miss out on some of those if you don't subscribe. I would also be grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes. Those reviews help other people find the podcast. Thank you and bye for now.